0: Got a special speaker today, Brother Noah. Come on up here. He has something he wants to share with the body. So, share what God's laid on your heart, brother. On his support group.
1: Um, so I have two verses, um, John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Then I have Romans ten thirteen, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Jesus loves you and died on the cross for you, and he wants you to be saved. All you have to do is admit you're a sinner, believe in him, and that he died for you and call on him, and you will be saved. It's that simple, three simple steps, and you will be saved and will be forever a part of God's family. And either if you're you're alive when the rapture comes or you die before the rapture, you will go to heaven if you are saved. Do you want to be saved today? Amen.
0: Well, the sermon's been preached. Let's have an invitation. (laughs) Amen. Thank you, brother Noah. That was wonderful, brother. Thank you. That's a good job, Noah. I'm proud of you. I'm very proud of you. God's going to use you. Thank you for being a willing vessel for the Lord. This morning, I won't keep you too long, but I'd like to share a few things with you. We were... We had a wonderful week of revival, I'll say that. The word of God was proclaimed and uh, I'm thankful that I was able to sit at the Lord's table and eat a little bit, amen. But uh, anyways, this week I was talking to mom and she told me about Johnny and getting to think, you know, I am so thankful that God is always at the helm if you belong to Him. He's always there. Storms are going to come and go. For some reason, there's a teaching out there that, oh, you get saved, you'll never have another problem. Don't listen to that hooey-fooey. Because, listen, listen, When I got saved, my troubles just began. Amen. But why? For my benefit. Because it made me turn to Christ and trust Him even more. And rely upon Him even more. So, you know, uh, let me just remind each of us. Listen. God is greater than any storm. But what storms we go through, we can depend that God, whether I have to go through it by myself, and what I mean by myself, just me alone going through the storm, or with my family or others that I cherish and love, He will see me through that storm. Amen? So, with that said, familiar passage Turn to Acts chapter 27. Acts chapter 27. Acts chapter 27, and we're going to begin with verse 9. And this is what the Word of God declares. It says, Now when much time was spent and when sailing was now dangerous... Because the fast was already passed, Paul admonished them and said unto them sirs I perceive I perceive that this voyage will be with hurt and much damage not only of the lading and ship but also of our lives nevertheless the centurion believed the master and owner of the ship more than those things which were spoken by Paul and because the haven was not Commodious to winter in, the more part advised to depart thence also, if by any means they might attain to Phoenice and there to winter, which is in the haven of Crete, and lieth toward the southwest and northwest. And when the south wind blew softly, supposing that they had attained their purpose, loosing thence they sailed close by Crete. But not long after there arose against it a tempestuous wind called Euryclidon. And when the ship was caught and could not bear up into the wind, we let her drive. And running under a certain island, which is called Clauda, we had much work to come by the boat. And when they had taken up, they used helps undergirding the ship. And fearing lest they should fall into the quicksand straight sail, and so were driven. And we, being exceedingly tossed with a tempest, the next day they lightened the ship. And the third day we cast with our own hands the tackling of the ship. And when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared and no small tempest lay on us, All hope that we should be saved was then taken away. But after long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, you should have hearkened unto me and not have loosed from Crete to have gained this harm and loss. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you but of the ship. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul thou must be brought before Caesar, and lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. Verse 25, Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe, God, that it shall be even as it was told me amen let's pray father we love you and praise you thank you for this time you've given us now in your house your sanctuary to come and to worship you the living god we thank you lord for the wonderful week we had revival the services we thank you for all that came out and supported the effort We thank you for brother randy and sister grace and lord we just pray for wagon wheel this morning and for brother randy that You'll just uh, give him the words to deliver that you'd have wagon will to hear. But now, Lord, as we break the bread of life, I pray your blessing on your word this morning. Pray, Lord, you'll give me the words to say that I might encourage your people. And Father, may your Holy Spirit deal with hearts this morning. And if there's one here today that doesn't know you in the free pardon of sin, Lord God, may they be saved before it's too late. Father, be of the sick, the afflicted, those it's our duty to pray for. Be of those that's lost loved ones. Father God, please be with this nation. May our nation return to you. We love you. We praise you and ask again that you might be honored and glorified and praised this morning. For it's In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. Paul is... On his way to Rome to appeal to Caesar. And about the only Christian on the boat was Paul and Luke. They were it. You ever been the minority? If you're a Christian, I can guarantee you you're the minority. Amen? Understand, he's on his way there. It was God's purpose for Paul to go to Rome. And Paul believed God. Let me ask you a question this morning. Do you believe God? Do you trust God for every instance and everything in your life? Do you look to Him for guidance? Well, Paul tried to tell folks and warn them, hey, we don't want to leave right now. Our time has already passed. We need to wait. But did they listen to it? No. No. And there's a lot of people out there, we try to warn about, hey, the Lord's coming back. You need to make preparations. You need to be born again. But yet, do they listen to us? No. Well, when we decide not to listen to God, we are going to get ourselves in a lot of trouble. And that's what happened to this ship. Amen? So, with that said, let's get into the message. And it says, now when much time was spent... And when sailing was now, look at that word, dangerous. Now, you would think that this captain over this ship, he'd been sailing for years and years, he would know the signs for what danger is. But obviously, he was under the pressure from those that owned the ship, that had built the ship, so. He's wanting to get out there, even going against the current, if you will. You know, there's Christians out there today that are going against the current. We know that's dangerous. But yet we go against what would normally be our instinct to say, you know what, Holy Spirit, thank you for giving me discernment. Thank you for showing me and opening my eyes saying, no, stay away from here. But a lot of times, we decide to do things the way we want to. Now, notice what it says. Because the fast was not already passed, Paul admonished them and said unto them, Sirs, I perceive this void will be hurt and much damage, not only only of the lading and ship but also of our lives notice the apostle paul the man of god tried to warn them no we need to stay back we need to stay here because it's dangerous to leave but they didn't pay him no mind here the man of god was on the ship with them and they wouldn't listen to the man of god now i'm not here to toot my horn because for one thing i don't know how to toot a horn But understand, a church that has God's man, a God-fearing, God-living man of God that will preach the Word, that will teach the Word, you are to thank God for and you are to listen to Him. Amen? But today there's lots of folks, oh, who is He? How dare He tell me how I should live? Who does He think He is? Well, He's the man of God and God has placed Him... In his church. So that he can lead y'all. Amen. Here Paul is on the boat. The apostle Paul. And they didn't want to pay heed to him at all. How do I know it? Look at the next verse. Nevertheless the centurion believed the master and owner of the ship. More than those things which were spoken by Paul. (laughs) Can you imagine? Paul's going, hey, you don't want to do that. You don't want to do that. But sometimes we take it upon ourselves to do what we want to do instead of what God wants us to do. And can I tell you, you'll get in trouble every time you you leave God out of the equation. So, the Word of God declares... And because the haven was not commodious to winter in, the more part advised to depart thence also, and by means they might attain to Phoenice, and there went to winter, which is a haven of Crete, and lieth toward the southwest and northwest. Look at verse 13. And when the south wind blew softly, supposing that they had obtained their purpose, loosing thence they sailed close by Crete. Look at the first part of verse 13. And when the south wind blew softly. You see, they just thought. See, that man of God doesn't know what he's talking about. Look, it's soft wind. It's finally blowing. We've got the favor to sail now. Can I tell you something? Satan is someone that will trick you. He loves to trick God's people. You see, they thought everything was going to be perfect, had no issues, but he lies. You know, that's the way Satan is. He's a liar, isn't he? He's a thief. He's a murderer. But see, Satan only shows you one side of the coin. So here they think, hey, we don't have to listen to nobody. We'll just jump off and take off because the wind is blowing Softly, it's blowing favorably. And again, Satan likes to paint a picture when it comes to sin. Oh, look at the fun. Look at the time they're having. What he doesn't show you is the devastation that sin causes. Amen? So they were tricked and duped into thinking, Oh, we have a soft wind. We can sail. But notice what the Bible says. But not long after there, there arose against it a tempest wind called Euroclidon. Oh, it was soft at the beginning, but now the wind really starts to blow. Amen. In fact, it's storming. Anybody ever been on a, a ship or a, a fishing boat or something on the sea? I won't tell you. Me and Wes... Went deep sea fishing. And we left the harbor at San Pedro, California. And it was Lori's boss. He owned a fishing boat. And, anyways, it was me and Wes and probably about 50, it's huge, 50 Japanese fishermen. And the majority of them. I didn't understand a word they were saying. But let me say something to you. Those fellas know how to fish. You know, I I thought to myself, you know, I'll show these fellas how to fish. I'm from the country. I, I fish rivers and ponds and creeks and lakes. I'll show these fellas. No, I had a lot to learn from those fellas. But I remember getting on that boat, and Alan her boss, that owned the boat, was also a pharmacist. And he says, uh, John, he goes, you don't get seasick, do you? Oh, no, I've been on rivers, lakes, nah. I he goes, well, I've got a patch if you want one. I said, nah, I can handle it, Alan. Well, here my son is, how old was Wes? I can't remember, He's a teenager. Anyways, Wes goes, I'll take one. He had more sense than his daddy. He took one. And anyways, to make a long story short, it was calm when we left the harbor. But we went way, we went 72 miles off the coast. 72 miles. And the wind picked up. And that thing was doing this and this. And I turned green. I turned yellow. I, I said, Lord, send a helicopter. I don't care if I have to. Work two or three jobs to pay the bill off. Just get me off this boat. Anyways, to make a long story short, everything was fine when we left. But the farther we went out, the more the wind began to blow. And the waves, I mean, it was doing this. Well, I can imagine Paul and Luke facing the same thing on that ship. But you know, the difference between Paul and Luke and everybody else on board was they trusted in the God of the storm. The others didn't. They were afraid. Notice, and it says, but not long after there arose against it a tempest wind called Euryclidon, And when the ship was caught and could not bear up into the wind, we let her drive. In other words, yeah, the ship was doing the driving itself. There was no way for them to control the ship. Let me just say this as an analogy. We often are on the stormy sea of life. And storms are going to come and they're going to go. And I have learned in the storms of life, if I tend to try to drive the ship in my own strength, in my own power capacity, I can't control it. In fact, I make things even worse. But if I allow the Lord to drive the ship, guess what? There's control. As I said earlier, he is the God of the storm. So, it says, And running under a certain island, which is called claudia we had much work to come by the boat, which, when they had taken up, they used helps undergirding the ship, and fearing lest they fall into the quicksand, straight sail, and so were driven. Look at 18. And we being exceedingly tossed with a tempest, the next day they lightened the ship, So understand, they're in such a storm that they said, ooh, we better lighten this ship and they started tossing stuff off the ship. You say, well, that's smart, that's wise. When a Christian goes through a storm, there comes a time when we need to be mindful of what we are tossing. You see, most folks, when they go through a storm or crisis, you know what they toss, Brother Ciro? They toss the Word of God. They toss prayer. They toss their relationship with other brothers and sisters. They toss things. And that's the worst thing you can do. Understand, the Apostle Paul. Told them, listen, God is going to see us to the other side. We are going to make it without one single loss of life. Yes, we're going to lose the ship, but none of you are going to be harmed in the process. But see, most of the time, we got our eyes on the circumstances around us and not on the God of the storm. And that's where we get in trouble. And my question to you this morning is, what are you tossing aside? What are you tossing aside? I'm sure all of us, probably more of us right now than ever, are going through storms and crises in our lives. What are you trying to toss, trying to loosen the load? Trying to throw stuff overboard that you truly need. I need the Lord. How about you this morning? Now, the Bible says, and, when, and we being seemingly tossed with the tempest, the next day they lightened the ship, and the third day we cast out with our own hands the tackling of the ship. Anchors, things, they were tossing everything. Y'all ever been in a crisis like that, that you've brought upon yourself? Now I'm going to get in trouble. Most of the time, those storms and those crises that comes into our lives is because we choose not to obey God. We bring them upon ourselves. We're real quick to say, oh, Lord, you got to get me out of this. I'm going to say something. Might like it. Maybe you'll learn from it. And that's this. God can deliver us from any storm. That's a fact. Because He's the God of the storm. But understand something. There are always consequences when we bring a storm upon ourselves from compromising from God and his word the consequences of that storm are going to still affect us amen as a pastor I've been a pastor a day or two over the years, it's my job to try to warn you and tell you, hey, don't go down that route. Don't go that way No, 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 just turn it over to God, look to Him, and stay on the path that He wants you to stay on. Don't deviate this way or that way. Stay straight on the path. You'll be all right. But I've watched folks over the years after giving them sound, godly counsel, they no more paid attention and they deviated this way or that way. And then they made a mess of things and then they come running back, I wish I would have listened. I wish you would have too. But, you can't blame God. That's who they want to blame. Can't blame me. I tried to warn you. No. No. You're going to suffer the consequences and the actions of what you decided you were going to do. That doesn't mean God doesn't love you. doesn't mean that God won't deliver you from the storm. But we're accountable for our actions. Now, notice what it says. It says, and being exceedingly tossed the next day, they lightened the ship. And the third day, we cast out our hands, the tackling of the ship. And when neither sun nor stars in many days appear. Think about that. Getting up day after day, it's the same storm. Boom, boom, boom. Back and forth. No sun, no stars and moon at night to guide us through the storms. Can you imagine? They must have been very discouraged. But notice what God's word says. And no small tempest lay on us. All hope. That we should be saved was then taken away. They lost hope. But look at verse 21. But after long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them. Abstinence. What do you think that word means? See, when I think of abstinence, I think of not having any food Not having what you would normally want to have. It means you're staying alone to yourself. What was he doing? I believe the Apostle Paul during that time was praying and fasting. You see, he turned to God. The captain at the helm of the vessel. Notice It says, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, you should have hearkened unto me, and not to have loosed from Crete, and to have gained this harm and loss. And I guarantee you, Paul had them and their good in his heart. See, he wasn't there saying, you idiots! I tried to tell you, you wouldn't listen to me. Now look what you've done. He could have pointed fingers. He could have called them all kinds of things. Could have chided against them. But no, he just said, sirs, should have hearkened unto me. Could have saved us a lot of trouble. And if God, how can I say this? There's times you and I know when God says no. No. There's times when God says, go. And we say no. Listen. We are to hearken to God as he leads. If you're here and God is leading you to do something, go. Don't hesitate. Go and do. But if God is saying, wait. Stay where you're at, continue to follow His path, stay in His will, and when it's time to move on, He will let you know. Amen? There's several out there that, you know, you want to do God's will, and you you want to work for the Lord, and I, I appreciate that. And listen, if God has called you to a specific work in His time, He's going to open those doors. But wait on him. Don't jump ahead of him. That's where you get in trouble. I know that from experience. There's times I've jumped ahead. And boy, did I sink. Amen. Did I fall down the drain. It wasn't because of the Lord. It was because of me and my self-will. You should have hearkened. Now notice what he says. This is my favorite part. Sirs, you should have hearkened unto me and not have loosed from Crete and to have gained this harm and loss. But look at verse 22. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you but of the ship. I exhort you to be of good cheer. Now, here you're being tossed back and forth. There's no telling how many Days, consecutive days, they were under this tempestuous wind and this storm. And here Paul is saying, be of good cheer. Now I wonder what some of those sailors thought. He's crazy. He's nuts. We're fixing to drown all of us. But he says, be of good cheer. There's not going to be one loss of life. Who says? My God says. If God says it, I believe it, and it's settled. Amen. Notice, he said, for there stood by me this night the angel of God. Think about that. God sent an angel to Paul to keep him encouraged, to remind him, hey, Paul, you're going to Rome. Said you were going, you're going, and there's nothing going to hinder you from reaching my plan and your destination. And there isn't anyone out there that can hinder you and me unless we let them. Now, the devil would give everything he's got to hinder you and me from serving God. He wants to hinder us. And sad to say, a lot more than not, a lot of God's children get hindered. And you see, all that is is icing on the cake for Satan. And what I mean by that is he gets to accuse us before God and say, yep, there he is, that's yours. You saved him, but he's not serving you, is he? Mm. God sends an angel of God whose I am. What was that angel's job? To remind Paul who he belonged to. Can I ask you a question this morning? Who do you belong to? You see, the angel of the Lord came to Paul and said, You belong to the Father. Be of good cheer. There's nothing to worry about. And Paul is telling those, the angel of the Lord stood by me this night and reminded me who I belong to. This morning, if you are in a storm, remember who you belong to. Amen. You're not alone. He is there with you. You belong to him. Can I tell you something, child of God? If you are washed by the blood, you belong to the Lord Jesus Christ, you are saved, you're going to make it home. Your journey may be tempestuous. Your journey may be difficult. But I can give you the assured word of God that we will make it home. Angel of God stood by me this night. Whose I am and whom I serve. Who do you serve this morning? Self or the living God? I belong to him and a servant. Do I fail him from time to time? Every day. But I know who I belong to. And I know who I serve. I pray you do this morning. Saying, what did the angel say? Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar. It was a done deal, Brother Ciro. He was going to get there. And Paul desired to go to Rome. And appeal his own case. But you know what I believe? You see, the reason Paul wanted to go to Rome, if ever was a people that needed the Lord Jesus Christ, it was the Romans. And Caesar was their ruler. In fact, Caesar declared that he was a god amongst the Romans. So, the angel reminds Paul, you're going. You're going to appeal to Caesar. And lo, God hath given thee all of them that sail with thee. Verse 25 again. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God. And that it shall be even as it was told. You believe God? You believe everything about God in this book? Yep. I believe God. You say, "Well, how, how how I mean, well, for one, this book is his word, but also I've seen God move in other believers' lives, not just my life. But other people, I've seen God move. You say, have you seen him? Have you heard his voice? I hear his voice every time I open this book. He speaks to my heart. That's still small voice. But I've seen God move in the lives of his people. And I just believe God. Because it's faith, isn't it? What's faith is trust. And what's so funny, thousands of years, men throughout time have tried to discredit this. They've tried to get rid of it, destroy it, but it's just like the Lord said, and my word shall endure forever. Heaven and earth will pass away But my word shall stand. Still here. Because we as God's children believe God. And as he said, that it shall be even as it was told. God's word tells me I'm a sinner. Undone and separated from him. And because I'm a sinner and because of my sin, I have a penalty to pay. But because of God's love for me, he sent his son to die on the cross to pay that penalty in full for me and for you. And guess what? I believe it. He also tells me if I come and receive him that he will not only forgive me and cleanse me but I will have eternal life and I will spend eternity with him but God's word also tells me that if I choose to reject him as my savior then I will pay the penalty for my sin before God And what is the penalty of rejecting Jesus? It's spending eternity, eternally separated from him in a place called hell. You see, I believe God and I believe it's from his word. What God's word says is so. And here's the last thing I'm going to say and I'm going to close. Only you can answer this, and that is this. Who's at the helm of your vessel? Storms are going to come. Some God allows and sends our way to grow us in our faith and in our maturity in Christ, and some we bring upon ourselves. But during those times, I have to ask you, who's at the helm of the vessel. My prayer is it's God for you. If not, then you need to come and trust Him. You see, you can try all your strength and effort to right the ship. But if you're doing it in your power and in your strength, The ship is going to sink. But if he's at the vessel, you turn it over to him, he will see you through to the other side. So I pray the Lord is the vessel of your ship this morning. Apostle Paul, by the way, did the ship go down? Yes, it did. But did they lose anybody? No. Just as God told him by the angel. Because God don't lie. So I don't know what you're facing. I don't know how bad the storm is in your life. But I can tell you this. If God's at the helm, you're going to make it. If he's not, you need him at the helm. You come. He awaits you to come. I'm thankful of knowing. How about you? Would you stand?